Saving money on protecting your garden. Now at Menards. Messina's Animal Stopper is a liquid repellent that prevents pesky animals from damaging your garden. Available in a convenient, ready-to-use bottle. It lasts for up to 30 days, regardless of weather and watering. Save big money on Messina's Animal Stopper at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals happening now. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Ruined. I'm Hallie. And I'm Allison. And this is a podcast where we ruin a horror movie for you. So if you don't like that, get the hell out. Get the hell out of here. Uh, (coughs) I like how we both sound terrible. (laughs) I, it's so dry. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. Eight glasses of water today, and I still feel like I'm made out of sand. Um, So apologies if we cough throughout this. I don't know what to say. Um, But we have... I guess begged you guys to um, send us five-star ratings and spooky reviews. Then we read the spookiest ones uh, on the pod. They're all so good, but we have another uh, excellent one that we'd love to start off this episode with. I can't uh, wait. It's from uh, Knee Plus Ultra 123. I'm sure that there's a better way for me to have sounded out those. Uh, <laughs> no, you the said words. it is sounded cool. Yeah, it sounded pretty awesome. Uh who wrote, I should have buried her deeper. Uh, I should have buried her deeper. That's what I said to myself after I buried Allison the first time. But after three more deaths and three more burials, deeper ones, I realized that she was <laughs> was mine for life and afterlife. As I lay in our bed, I waited. After a few minutes, I heard shambling footsteps down the hall, followed by the sounds of a bedroom door opening. The room filled with the smell of rotting flesh and the grave. As she slid into bed, I felt her cold, lifeless body work its way towards me to spoon. Why am I dead in all of these? Yes. <laughs> I gotta I think it's just spookier if you're like if I'm if I'm dead or if I'm the monster, who cares? You know what I mean? I care. If you are <laughs> the, the villain, the the creep, the the body, I just yes. like about it, you know? Yeah. It's something you're the fun. every woman, and that's that maybe mm-hmm. that's what's the most terrifying thing is like you as a normal person becoming the monster. Yes, I guess that is truly terrifying. Um, but thank you so much for leaving us uh the so five-star good. rating and that very scary, horrifying review. <laughs> Really terrifying. We really appreciate it. Um, yes. And speaking of things we appreciate, this comes out after our live show, and we really appreciate everyone attending. Thank you so much. If you have not, um, did not get a chance to see it, you actually can still get a ticket and watch it because of the uh, fluke in February being a very short month. Um, yes. We are still within the 72-hour window, so if you'd like to watch our, our live show where we, we ruined the newest, newest Scream movie, you can still buy a ticket at momenthouse.com slash ruined and enjoy it in the privacy of your own home. Yeah, whenever you want. In within a 24-hour window, that is. <laughs> exactly. Yes, whatever you want, provided you want it in the next day or so. Yes. Um, this month, we're starting off a new theme, and it is, of course, found footage month. So please send your recommendations to us. Yes. Love a found footage film. Hallie, what's your 
general like do you, are do you love this as like a subgenre? Do you do you think love it? Yeah. Absolutely love it. Great. I, I, yeah, I don't. It's one of the things where like I understand maybe some people have a certain bandwidth for it. For example, mm-hmm. I do feel like there are some movies that push the um, boundary of like what is believable that somebody recorded this and then obtained yes. the recording. And I, I respect that. I love it. I think it's scary. I, I'm a huge fan. So that's part of the reason that I, oh, I wanted to do this. And there's so yeah. many good movies that we're going to be doing um, I'm excited. this month. And the movie we're actually kicking off the month with uh, was recommended by Aubrey T on Instagram and Kate M on email. So thank you for your recommendations. And this is not only our first movie in our found footage month, but it is our first anthology movie. So we will yes. have to see how this goes. Yes. Because, of course, we'll have to tweak our perfectly calibrated scientific formula of how to do a podcast episode. Absolutely. To accommodate the multiple stories within the movie, which is, of course, VHS. Now, we like to have Allison watch the trailer before we sort of get things off. And Allison, what is your opinion of the VHS trailer? It's super, I didn't know it was an anthology, so that, like, makes the trailer make a little bit more sense, because I was like, this Mm -hmm. movie covers a lot of ground. (laughs) Like, there's just a lot of different things happening, and, like, it's cut together in a way where I was, like, it's all very scary, and I think that, like, all of these scenes feel enhanced by the found footage element of it, but would still probably be scary if you were just watching it, and it was, like, presented as normal narrative film. Mm-hmm. I will say the trailer really leaned on kind of the distorted images yes. that like VHS tapes give you. And I hope for your and everyone's sake that that is not so heavy in the movie because it did make me nauseous. <laughs> yes, I I completely agree with that. I love, I, I again, uh, I think of being children of the 90s, the, yes. the artifact of the VHS, like the static, the splicing together, the taping over, the stuttering, the starting and stopping, really works on me. I'd like to know, yeah. like, if you're 14 watching this now, it's like, is it scary or does it just feel like, well, I don't Old really... Old and weird, yeah. Yeah. And maybe, like, I mean, hopefully the, in a creepy way, but... Right, but, like, even just, like, the act of, like, rewinding and fast-forwarding is very different on a VHS than it is digitally. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot, a lot of fun to be had. And soon, I mean, eventually we'll be looking. I think even now at CDs, you could have a haunted CD. You know what I mean? Like oh, every, yeah. uh, eventually a haunted iPod. You know, like whatever technology we move past, I'm sure we will be able to, you know, sort haunted of. Haunted CD doesn't feel as scary as a haunted VHS tape to me. I don't know. Maybe okay. that's just specific to our age and like how I view those two technologies. But like VHS tapes feel like, Scary and like CDs don't feel scary, right? That makes sense. Um, no, I, I I think that's that makes absolute sense. Which brings me to my baseline scary mm. question to you: Is I wasn't exactly sure because you know there's a lot of stuff going on in these different stories, but how scary do you find the conscious concept of finding an unlabeled VHS tape in a stranger's home and and putting it on? I mean. That's would you very, do that? I would not do that. I think that's scary because you don't know, like, and not mm-hmm. even in the realm of, like, it's haunted and it'll kill you or something like that, but just, like, I'm like, I don't know what people are, like, right. I don't want to see weird porn of somebody. Right. Like, Which you got to be I mean, I do a lot of that. Yeah, I do want to see weird porn. But, like, I also um, am currently watching Pam and Tommy, so I feel like mm. oh, watching a video okay. that belongs to someone else feels very wrong, like, especially in the context of that show, which I find very interesting, so. 
highly and it recommend. Makes sense. Yeah, it's sort of, you know, the um again, like the peek into another person's life, which is both exciting and potentially horrifying. Mm-hmm. You know, is it a snuff film? You know, is it is are right. we gonna see something horrible? Are we gonna have to become involved in the story and then decide yes. what is my involvement in this? Yes. And ultimately I don't think either of us like um being involved in things. <laughs> don't make me do anything. Don't anything. make me decide anything. Mm-mm. I don't make me run. Don't make me do anything. No. Um, yeah. Don't make me get on the phone with someone. I'm not doing it. <laughs> So uh, VHS also features kind of uh, a murderer's row of horror directors. Um, uh, For example, we've got Adam Weingard. He directed um, You're Next, which we have done on the pod, um, as well as The Guest. And he did the Blair Witch remake from 2016, which I actually, you know, as remakes go, I thought was pretty scary. Um, I don't know if I'll do it because it's, like, too close to the original. I mean, you see one Blair Witch, you kind of see them all, but I I enjoyed it. Um, David Bruckner, who directed The Night House, um, which we just did recently. Night House. Very scary. Ty West, who, of course, directed The House of the Devil. And then is in Your Next. If you recall, he plays the boyfriend who gets killed first. Spoiler if you haven't listened to Your Next. Um, But he has a little, um, you know, sort of cameo in that. And um, then finally, the filmmaking collective Radio Silence, which has directed a number of movies, including Ready or Not, which we have also seen, as well as the new Scream. Um, Oh. So two of... uh, at the time, three and now two people are are part of Radio Silence, and it is uh, Paul, uh, Matt, uh, Benanelli, Olpin, and Tyler Gillette, and they directed the latest screen, which of course, if you listen to our our live show, um, you will have seen on Saturday. So it's wasn't exciting to see the rise of filmmakers, and then the whole thing makes me think, boy, if we could have gotten a woman or any people of color in here, wouldn't that, that have been, been nice? nice. You know, and this Boy, came out in 2012, so literally 10 years ago. I would hope, if we're doing an anthology now, at least a little bit of a nod, a, a widening your search for um, directors yes. and writers, I think, may have given us a little bit more, you know, variety um, when we when it came to the stories. Um, and so, again, we're going to have to change the format. And the way, I'm basically going to make Allison guess the twist for every segment of the anthology. Cool. What, but, is there, oh, any, like... I understand it's an anthology. Is there anything like, is there any kind of umbrella narrative that ties yes. things together? Okay. So I will, I'll give you the log line of that umbrella narrative and then you tell me okay. how you think what the twist will be. Okay. Okay, great. So there's a bunch of what I would describe as hooligans um, mm-hmm. who record themselves. And again, I don't, it, it came out in 2012. I'm not exactly sure when it's supposed to be set, but it feels like late 90s, early 2000s. Like a little, okay. it's set earlier. So these guys are, basically going around and committing crimes and, like, um, running up to women in the street and pulling up their tops and filming their boobs and then selling those videotapes for, like, $50 a pop to, I'm assuming, perverts on the internet. Mm -hmm. And then one of them says, and they're just, like, you know, like, set up, we're dirtbags, you know, we know what's, there's nothing but ill coming towards us. And one of them says, you know, I got something that's going to give us even more than $50, um, we're going to be paid to break into a home and steal a particular VHS tape. And Allison, they do. And through the course of the film, we're going to be watching, the, as they try to find the correct one, watching these different stories. So I guess my question okay. is, do you want to guess the twist when it comes to the framework story of VHS? Guess the twist. Um, I'm going to guess that maybe, like, 
the last tape they try has, like, them getting murdered somehow. Love it. Absolutely perfect. That doesn't better, even make better guess. any sense, but that's what I'm going to guess. <laughs> I think you, I think what's great about horror movies is if you if you you could eventually if you watch an hour you're like then you see that you're like you got me there you know like I yeah. get it yeah all right so let us begin by ruining VHS so we open on our framework story and we meet a couple of different dirt bags you know we see Zach and Zach mm-hmm. is setting up a um, camera um, that's filming his dirty unmade bed. And next thing you know, he's hanging out with his fellow hooligans, Gary Rocks and Brad. And they are, everything is filmed, like they're filming like a handheld camera. They're like committing crimes. They're like breaking into an abandoned house and just smashing all the windows and like doing vandalism and stuff. And at one point, they see a couple. It's, it's winter this entire movie, which I, I love a winter horror okay. movie. Yes, And they love attack the woman movie. and they pull up her shirt to film her boobs. And they're laughing and she's like screaming in terror and the boyfriend's trying to like chase them off. And they're having, they're hooting and hollering. They're running around. They're having a great time. Of course, we know enough about horror movies to know these motherfuckers are going to die. Like, if you set up somebody yep. to be this these big a piece of shit this early, the question, of course, is how will they die? What will be the yes. process? We also keep cutting back to Zach's messy bedroom, and he's hooking up with a woman. So we know that he's filming her, and ostensibly every Ugh. woman he hooks up with, without their consent. So again, we are like, these are bad dudes, so whatever happens is kind of coming their way. Yeah, I don't um, care if they die. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's with intent. I think it's like, you know, yes. there's a lot of movies now where I feel like it's like the protagonist is a good person. Why does he succeed and not get murdered by a ghost? And I think it's mm-hmm. kind of refreshing to be like, now nah, that you know these motherfuckers are going to die, it's just going to be yeah. how they are going to how? blunder into their own deaths. Yes. Um, so these guys are hanging out. I'm going to call them as the gang, unless I need to specifically okay. reference them by their name. So they're all like, oh, my God, like, we get 50 bucks from this reality porn company. I guess it was sort of, like, non-consensual Girls Gone Wild at the time or something. Like, yeah. oh, amateur cool. porn, but we're, like, yeah. attacking these women. And, you know, Zach's like, in the summer, we got to do skirts. We got to do dresses. You know what I mean? We got to, like, up our game. Anyways, all these guys are going to die. And Gary tells the other guys, everyone shut the fuck up. And they're too busy talking about the assault of these women. He takes right. a baseball bat and just smashes in the TV screen. So they all listen to him. What? Okay. And there is sort of a vibe that I like that's kind of like this dirty, like, David Cronenberg, like, broken glass on the mm-hmm. ground, like, smashed TVs, like. Yes. You know what I mean? These are not, like, um, these are not um, uh, malignant interiors. You know what I mean? We're not getting right. the glossy effect. This yes. is a James Wan. and, yes. Gigantic kitchen okay these are like dirt bags and in small cheap like houses good mm-hmm. I, I just it's nice to mix it up because i feel like a lot of movies recently it's kind true. of do have a similar look so this i appreciated yes. this and he tells them okay i can get us way more than 50 dollars." they all load in the car that night and then he doesn't explain it until they're going so again you know that they're not that bright so he tells them okay uh somebody contacted us he said he's a big fan of our work and he's gonna pay us like big bucks to break into a house and steal a specific vhs tape and everyone's okay. like, well, how did that guy find us? Like, how is he a fan? We don't put any of our names on this or contact information. Right. Like, we make sure because hmm. like, what we do is illegal. And Gary's like, I don't know. I didn't worry about it. And they're all like, you're right. It's probably fine. <laughs> the guys break into, like, a, a pretty, like, a big house. And um, they do also they say— Do they know what they're looking for? Or, like, no. 
And it, okay. well, it sort of comes out like, because like people were like, what are we looking for? And Gary at one point says, well, they said we'd know it when we found it. And it's like, boy, you guys are not bright. Like, it does, oh, there's no even so like stupid. title they told you or like, you know, a certain location. So they're just right. like, they're being, they're breaking into this house and they're going to find a, a VHS tape. This will require them to watch a lot of them to see is this the one. Mm-hmm. Oh, and in case you didn't know, these guys were toast. They say the full N word multiple times. And I'm oh. like, again, but again, it's allowing us to enjoy what's going to happen to them. Yes. Um, and Gary tells them, you know, there's an old guy in the house, but he's really old and he'll be asleep. So we just got to break in and be really quiet. Oh, they, of course, have like flashlights. They're filming everything. They're like stomping around. Like you can't, there's four of you. You can't right. be so silent that someone's not going to notice that four guys with cameras have entered their house. And it's just not possible. Right. However, yes. Allison, when they get inside, they notice there's like basically no furniture. It's very run down. There's nothing in the cabinets. The only room that they find that's occupied, they find a room upstairs, the TV room, filled with a dozen staticky TV screens all on. And in the recliner is the old man. And the old man is dead. Of course. On the bright side, they're all like, great, that means means we don't have to be quiet anymore. So they're just like stomping around. You know, like, like, they've got lights on their camera, so they're like shining it around. Unfortunately, also, there are fucking dozens of VHS tapes, and they're, like, none of them labeled. And they're like, well, where do we find a specific one? Let's spread out and check the house. No. So the other guys spread out. They're going to go check the house. They're going to go into the basement. And we leave Brad, who has sort of been our main cameraman. Um, okay. He's going to—they're like, Brad, wa- start watching the tapes in the that's actually in the TVs in the room. While there's a corpse— Six inches away. Yeah, that's. I, I don't think that I could do anything with a corpse in the room. So Brad presses play on the first TV, which brings us to the first of our anthology stories. And this one's called Amateur Night. And here I'm going to mm. give Allison, I'm going to give you the log line. And then okay. you tell me what okay. twist you think is headed our way. Okay. So we have three complete assholes. They have rented <laughs> a hotel room. And they have given one of them a hidden camera in his glasses. And the idea is they're going to get women, they're going to meet women out at a bar, bring them back home, and then film, like, amateur porn, uh, surreptitiously, the women don't know, with Clint's glasses. Allison, would you like to guess the twist? Guess the twist. I mean, hopefully those men die. Um, I, yeah, I feel like that's not I'm, the twist. You know these motherfuckers are going to die. Those girls are going to die. Um, I, I'm going to guess that the women, this is based on like a little bit of like the trailer and trying to piece some stuff together, but like that the women are like demons. Great. Love it. Okay, so let's begin. Amateur night. <clears throat> Three absolute fucking troglodytes, Shane, Patrick, and Clint, <laughs> rent a hotel room. The hotel room has two beds and a couch. And I'm like, you bring home three women. That third one's like, I got to be on the couch with somebody. The like, couch? I don't even get a bed. No. And they're like, oh, my God, we bought these glasses on the internet, and we're going to go out and, like, meet some girls and bring them back here. And Shane Shane is, like, sort of the ringleader, and he does have a very distinct, like, um, Dane Cook vibe, both in appearance mm-hmm. and, like— He's the charismatic one. Sure. And Clint's like a little hesitant, but he's like, no, Mm -hmm. man, you're like a super spy, an ass and titty spy. And they're all like, yeah, this is going to be great. This is a no way going to blow up in our face later. Oh, no. So we roll up to the bar, and they do a good job of being, of, I think, like, it's like depicting the danger of when people just get so drunk, like, 
they're like drinking and drinking and talking to all these girls and like people are like fall, passing out on couches and like falling down in the bar. It's like that part of the night eventually where like yeah. it's scary and you can see like someone's gonna hurt themselves, someone's gonna go home. Like it's like yeah, it, like the yes. like the lines of yes, it's it's a scary mess that from the outside you're like oh boy, you know you can tell this is not going well. Not so right. um, Shane's hitting on this woman. Lisa, she's got a bunch of girlfriends and like he's, you know, he's handsome. So he's like, oh my God, like a shot's for everybody, you know, like they're all like, woo. And Clint is approached by this very large eyed woman named Lily, who seems to be there mm-hmm. alone. She is quiet. She is weird. She's got like big anime eyes. She yeah. has a very faint line down the center of her forehead. Oh, nothing to worry about. And the about. only thing she keeps telling Clint is, I like you. But Allison, that's enough because Clint is extremely drunk. That's fine. Yes. So eventually all of that, like everyone in the bar gets kicked out because people were like falling down, dropping drinks. Like like, one of them keeps lifting girls up and trying to guess their weight. And like everyone's just like so sloppy that the bouncer's like, all right, get the fuck out of here. You've all been overserved, you know? Yes. And so the two women that get in their car, also no one should be driving, but they get in the car with them. No DDs. No. Yeah. Come on. Well, now, I mean, I begin 2012. Now, I hope at least you'd get an Uber. You, know, you don't want to die. I, then we yes. back to being, I don't even know what, in this horror nightmare hotel room, which already smells like farts, you can tell. Like, farts yes, are like Subway you know. sandwiches. Mm-hmm. So, um, the women who get in the car are Lisa, sort of the party girl that Shane was talking to. But she kind of, unfortunately, leaves her friends behind and gets in the car with them. And Lily, the big-eyed, mostly silent woman that has been talking to Clint. Great. And they're all, like, laughing, and Shane takes out Coke, and he kind of, like, tricks Lily into doing a little bit of Coke. And he's like, no, oh, she knows what it was. Cool. We're all adults here, you know. Okay. So we get to the hotel room. And I, my mind, I'm, like, watching this. I'm like, oh, girls. No. I, I hope you know what you're getting into, you know. Yeah. Not great. And we see Clint in the bathroom. He's, like, filming himself because he's wearing glasses, and he's, like, he's, like, having some reservations and also maybe trying not to throw up. But he puts the glasses yes. back on and he goes into the room. And Shane is on one bed starting to hook up with Lisa. Mm-hmm. And Lily is on Clint's bed. So it's sort of like, okay. You, and then Patrick is just like drunk and like laughing maniacally on the couch. Like Patrick no. doesn't even have a woman, you know. Not scary at all. <laughs> um, and Lily seems like she's trying to make a move on Clint, but she's like not really using like human language. You know, she's just sort of uh-huh. like looking at him and sniffing him at him and inhaling in this animalistic no. way. And... Eventually, Patrick is, like, laughing and being like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's happening. This is crazy. And Lily hisses at him like a cat. And to (laughs) Clint's credit, Clint is like, you know, this is weird. Like, do you want to leave? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, he's like, all right, you know what? Enough. Enough is enough. Uh, But she's not replying. She's just repeating his questions back to him. What she's taking is like, okay, well, then— this is a bad idea. Meanwhile, on the yeah. other bed, Lisa is passed out. But Shane cool. is still trying to take off her garter belt. Luckily, she's wearing, like, elaborate underwear. And he's still trying to have sex with her to the point that Clint and even Patrick are like, stop. Like, it, she, yeah. it's done. She's unconscious. Yeah. And she's like, oh, God, I, this is my idea. Like, he's so, he's, like, yelling at Patrick. Like, he's so mad that he can't, like, have sex or whatever. So, Allison, Shane walks over to the other bed and says to Clint, are we doing this or what? So this has suddenly become a gangbang. 
And the Ugh. question, of course, is Lily on board or even know that that's what's going to happen? Oh, no. You know, and our understanding is, like, both Lisa and Lily, all of them are wasted. You know, so it's like, yes, oh, right. boy, you know, it's like. like, this is a disaster. Yes. So Sheen's talking to Lily. He's like, oh, you're all right. You're all right. You're not, you know, you're not too drunk. And he starts kissing her. And Shane, like, calls Clint over to film him having sex with Lily. And Shane pulls off her dress. So for the rest of the sequence, Lily is completely nude. But when he does, we see her feet for the first time. And her feet are scaly. And her toenails look like claws. And Clint's like, hey, hold on a second here, Shane. I'm just going to. But Shane is wasted. And he sort of lays down on top of Lily. He's still clothed. And she flips Uh him over, like, effortlessly so that she's on top of him. Again, something that in reality would be a huge red flag that this it would be very petite woman is so strong that she yes. flips this guy and then is sitting on top of him. Yes. But— Also, also from being lying down, like, just like yes. anybody doing that. You'd be like, whoa, hold on. How did you— Right, it's not like you see her push off the bed. She literally just right. flips on top of him. Yeah, exactly. But again, <laughs> everyone's too drunk. Drunk. So she starts, uh, like, she's on top of Shane. She's sort of into it. She starts kissing Clint, and then she sort of reaches to pull off his pants. Mm-hmm. So she's sort of, like, having a threesome with Clint and Shane. All right, she's on board with that. But then when Patrick starts getting undressed, Le- Lily says for the first time, no, which does not stop him. So she's sort of like, okay, I'm going to draw the line somewhere. I have no somewhere. interest in that guy. Yes. So instead of, like, handling it, Clint freaks out, like, runs to the bathroom. And he's, like, telling himself in the mirror, like, get it together, man. As if that's the issue. Like, <laughs> Right. But he's right, not bringing it. <laughs> right. Like, have a foursome with a drunk one with your two best friends. And you, the fact you can't do it is the issue. Allison, suddenly a totally naked Patrick bursts into the bathroom. And Lily has bitten his hand really badly. So it's, like, gushing blood. Mm-hmm. And Clint runs into the bedroom, and he's like, she bit Patrick. And Shane, who's, like, now fully hooking up with Lily, he says, no means no, asshole. He's like, well, that's not Patrick. And I I do agree with that. Yes. But Clint comes over, and he's trying to, like, hey, all right, knock it off. Like, I'm going to break this up. And Patrick, who is still fully nude, bleeding, comes out, and he's like, what's your problem? Like, I wasn't going to do anything. Allison, Lily whips around. Again, you know, I love some whipping around a horror movie. Love a whip. And shrieks at them. And we reveal for the first time that she has huge, sharp fangs. And all hell breaks loose. Lily just starts ripping into Shane, like blood spraying everywhere. Oh, my and God. She's like on the, they're on the bed closest to the door. So, like, Clint and Patrick run back to the There's bathroom. No exit. Yeah. And so they see her and she kind of, like, throws herself and Shane's body off the bed. Like, so they're now, like, in between the bed close to the door and the wall. So they're, like, basically in front of the door. But Patrick says, we can't just stay in here with her. And he gets the curtain rod, and they kind of burst back into the bedroom. All the lights are off. And Lisa is sort of standing, like, contorted like a statue, wheezing in the pitch dark. Meanwhile, Clint's trying to wake up Lisa, the other woman, because he doesn't know— you're being morally punished for your transgressions because they right. don't know they're in a horror movie. So he's like, right. oh my God, I got to get this other woman up. She's about to be killed too. Right. Lisa's completely unconscious. She can't even get up. Patrick swings at Lily. Fuck her. I mean, yeah, like it's like, this is the second worst thing that could have happened to you yes. tonight is a demon right. shows up. 
So Patrick swings at Lily with a curtain rod. She catches a rod effortlessly and, like, throws it. And we, we don't see it because Clint is, like, panicking and, like, scrambling over the beds. She disembowels Patrick, and she we hear cool. her, like, tearing into his Ugh. body. The sounds of disemboweling yeah. are truly some of the worst horror effects. Yeah, it is just wet thuds, wet, like, organs hitting the ground. Yes. And Clint scrambles around and ends up next, like, next to the bed, closest to the door, on top of Shane's body. And he sort of peers around the bed to be like, do I have time while Lily is eviscerating Patrick to get out the door? And when he peers around the mattress, he sees Lily hurl something to the floor, and it is Patrick's penis and testicles. <laughs> so that's enough. Clint's I love that like, for I've her. seen enough. And he bolts out the door, and he's running down the hallway. It's like a motel, sort of on the second floor, mm-hmm. so, like, everything's yeah, yeah, outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's running, but unfortunately he falls down the stairs and he breaks his wrist so badly that the bone is just jutting out. No. And uh, he's screaming, and when he looked up the stairwell, Lily is peering at him and sort of like leaps down. Mm. And we see that the crease in her forehead is now open into sort of a vertical vaginal-looking mouth full of teeth. Oh, Okay. And she tells Clint, like she told him at the bar, I like you. And then I think she starts trying to suck his dick. Like, she, her head drops down, and I was like, oh, she's, like, lapping up his blood. But I think she's trying to suck his dick. But it, it, needless to say, Clint is not into it at this point. No. Like, they, things, he, yeah. the mood has been ruined. Yeah. And Lily looks up and says, no like? And she starts, like, weeping, embarrassed, and sort of crawls under the... You know, I feel bad for her. Stairwell. Oh, relatable. We've all been there, girl, you know. <laughs> and this gives Clint the opportunity to run out to the parking lot, and he's banging on the office door. But, like, of course, the people who work there are like, yeah, it's just some drunk guy or, like, he's on meth or something. You know what I mean? Like, uh, this, it's a, mo- yeah. a seedy motel. Like, everyone, every night somebody bangs on the door. And just as he's running to, there's, like, a group of guys drinking in the parking lot. We see Clint get lifted into the air. So we just see oh, his perspective okay. of just suddenly being he's taken up ground. into the air. And he looks up, and we see Lily's sort of torso mm-hmm. a he- on top of him, and then these huge leathery bat wings. Before no. we see, he screams, and the video glasses tumble to the earth. And that's sort of the last shot is the glasses on the ground. Next thing we see, we are back at the original house, the old VHS yes. house. And... Rox has w- walked back into the room. And while he discovers that Brad's camera is there, still next to the old man's dead body, Brad himself is gone. So we're down to three. Well, okay. So the next thing we see is Gary and Zach. They're now in the basement of the old man's home. Again, Allison, there are dozens of VHS, like literally stacks and stacks of like garbage and like a whole shelf full of VHS tapes. And that's Also when- just take them all. Exactly. And that's finally, in this moment, what they get to. Okay. Because Gary's like, well, they said they would know when we find it. And they're like, man, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. How would we know? And he's like, we'll just find a bag. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, find a bag or a box and we'll just take them all. And as Zach is looking in the dark, like they have like the light from their cameras, but he's like scrambling around in the dark looking for a bag. He sees a totally nude old man walking through like the stacks of boxes and tools. He freaks out. Of course. Gary, however, is like, no, you're just freaking out. It's probably all the drugs we do. Let's just bag this up. We'll get the fuck out of here. And Zach's like, yeah, absolutely. Great. Right. Of course. Upstairs, Rox is like, well, while I'm here, I'm going to go ahead and play another VHS tape in one of these staticky, terrifying TVs. And he sets up his camera in such a way that we can see 
the old dead guy in the recliner sort of over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Which brings okay. us to our second story. Okay. Second honeymoon. Okay. So here's my logline, Allison. Okay. We meet a newlywed couple, Stephanie and Sam. They're traveling across the beautiful American Southwest for their honeymoon. And Stephanie receives from like a fortune teller machine a fortune that portends something bad is going to happen in the future. Mm. That night, somebody breaks into their hotel room. Allison, would you like to guess the twist in Second Honeymoon? Guess the twist. I, I mean, I, a, a horrible death in a hotel clearly is part of this. Um, mm-hmm. A strain. I mean, like, is it like a dead ex-husband Perfect. back to kill? Great. Love it. That's my guess. I love it. It's a perfect guess. (laughs) All right, people. We all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com, and this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. We meet newly married couple Stephanie and Sam, and they are driving through Arizona, and Stephanie is recording it all for posterity, like, oh, it's our, our, our big road trip, you know, and they're driving down Route 66, mm-hmm. and they stop at all these, like, tourist traps, like... There's, like, an old-timey storefront, and they pet a donkey, and there's, like, you know, wind chimes and dream catchers for sale. And they end up staying at, like, again, a seedy motel, a constant theme, staying at a seedy motel. And because Sam called them late, like, it has two beds instead of one big bed, which, honestly, Mm -hmm. if you've been traveling all day, like, that's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and she, Stephanie's like pulling down the covers to investigate how gross the sheets are. And she's like, oh no, there's stains on the sheet. I don't know like what it is. That night after they check in, they walk down the main strip of this little town and they end up in the Wild West Junction, which is basically like a part of the town where it's like, you know, it's got like the wooden, I don't even know what you call it, the wooden sidewalks, like the saloon, like the, there's like a cowboy boot store, you know, for you to spend all your tourist money on. Sure. And in this area, Dumb they shit. find, yeah, a mechanical fortune teller called the Old Miner. And, you know, they're like, oh, we should get our fortune. And Stephanie says, do you remember the movie Big? So I was kind of like, oh, great. Like, she's going to become young, and that'll be the, you know, the twist. <laughs> Stephanie puts in her money, and the miner, whose name is Pappy, gives her a fortune. And, Allison, this is the fortune. A happy reunion with a loved one will make life all that you ever wanted it or dreamed it to be. You have a very trusting nature and are easily taken in by so-called friends. Do not be so anxious to do favors unto others, as there is one who is just waiting to take advantage of your good nature. Which is a lot. If I got that, I'd be like, usually it just says, like, you know, 
be kind, rewind. You mean like it's like yeah. usually it's just like some like maxim. This is yeah, very avoid specific the and yeah. very. Yeah, please, I beg you, avoid the noise. Avoid the noid. Well, you the, you ruin the twist. The noise shows up and murders both of them. <laughs> Honestly, if the Noid showed up in one of these uh, stories, I would be thrilled. I mean, they should bring back the Noid. Yeah, they should do like the the horror movie reboot of the concept of the Noid. <laughs> the Noid. I would watch that so fast. I mean, they're using every other IP and remaking it. Yeah, I would absolutely yeah, watch why, that too. Why hasn't the Noid had Was its Was he a its man moment? or a rabbit? I don't even remember. <laughs> But also, like, isn't the Noid just supposed to be like a bubbled up piece of crust that doesn't have cheese on it? Oh, I don't even know that. I, I isn't. We'll have to do it we'll, again. We'll have to write our own movie about we'll, the we'll Noid. Do a, we'll do a deep dive about the Noid. Um, but anyway, so that's not what the fortune says. <laughs> yes, no. Uh, basically, says you're about to see, meet a loved one, and uh, you're be careful, or you might be taken in by somebody who is taking mm-hmm. advantage of you. In their hotel room, Sam is recording Stephanie getting ready for bed. And they sort of have this, like, tense moment where he's filming her and she, you know, she's, like, in her bra. And she grabs his butt, or he grabs her butt. And she's like, you know, I don't want you to film us hooking up, you know? And he's like, mm-hmm. no, do it. He sort of conjoles her and is stripping down, like, taking out her sweatshirt again. And she's like, I do not want you yeah. to film this. And he's like, no, you look so hot. And he's like whining and pouting. And she puts her sweatshirt on. And he's like, oh, it's not like exciting anymore if you put your sweatshirt on. And it's just like, again, Sam, you, you're you setting yourself up for ruin um, because you don't know, but yes. you're in a horror movie. Mm. Um, just then, Allison, there's a knock at the door. And we sort of cut to after and Stephanie's interviewing Sam sort of about what happened. And he's like, so what happened when you opened the door? And we also see footage of her recording outside, out the window. And there's a woman in like a dark coat and dark hood up walking along the street, like in front of the motel. And okay. Sam says, I opened the door and it's a woman there and he asks, she asked if we could give her a ride the next day. And... But he said, like, I immediately got, like, a bad vibe. Like, it was immediately strange, you know. And yeah. basically, like, if she wanted to ride, like, you'd think she would just be asking people who are getting in their cars or something. Like, Yeah. And also, we don't know what her Not deal just is. Not like, anyone. Yeah. Also, you don't even know where, like, you could be going a different direction. Like, yeah. yeah. A and ride so, where? And that's what they kind of seen. And, and she's like, well, should we call it cops? He's like, I don't think it was that dire. Like, it was just sort of, like, weird, and I didn't know what to say. And they peer out the window, and the woman is gone. And so they're like, okay. And Sam's sort of thing is like, yeah, I mean, there's, like, a lot of addiction to this part of the country, and she just might have been, you know what I mean, just— uh, yeah, There's a lot of hotel and, business yeah. going on that we aren't a part of. So she might just sure. knock it on doors or whatever. Allison— they go to sleep and they're each in their own bed. In the middle of the night, Stephanie's camera turns on and someone is filming them as they sleep. And this person pulls down Stephanie's sheets and she's wearing like her sweatshirt from earlier and then, then just like her underwear, like which is a thong. I don't know who's sleeping in a thong. Don't, if you're wearing a thong, sleeping sleep, in a thong, don't do it. The only way would be like if I was so tired I didn't get any yes. of my clothes off and I happened to be wearing a thong very But even that is like, I'm like, get this off of me. Right. I was just sort of like, yeah, be like sleeping. To me, it's like sleeping with your shoes on or something. We're like, it's just, yeah, yes, it's, you could do it, if, but like, it just seems uncomfortable. Yeah. This person pulls down the sheets while Stephanie's asleep and starts running the blade of a switchblade very gently oh, yes. across her ass. I, this was in the trailer. Y- it's you hate super to see upsetting. It. 
The you person hate to see it. goes on to, while they're filming all this, steals $100 from Sam's wallet and also dips Sam's toothbrush in the toilet before putting it back on the counter. And we see a glimpse of them, Mischief. like, in the bathroom mirror. And it appears to be a woman, ostensibly the woman who knocked on the door. And yeah. she's wearing, like, have you ever seen, it's like a clear plastic mask, but then it has, like, two red spots for blush, dark yes. eyebrows, like a painted on, it's, like, I don't even know what you call it, like a clear upsetting. doll mask, sort of, I guess. Yes. Yeah. It's it's also, like, reminds me of, I don't know if you were a nip-tuck person, but I was. Um, no. The Carver was the serial killer, in, or uh, not even serial killer, but criminal, um, and wore a very similar one, and it was super scary. And I you was know, like, I this is not what I, I signed up for. I don't think I even knew there was a serial killer in Nip-Tuck. I, I would like to see Nip-tuck, it eventually, but... Nip-Tuck is a wild, wild, wild ride. <laughs> Listen, I've watched plenty of other Ryan Murphy shows. Like, I, I think I should go back to the original... I do. I I would suggest you watch it. It's like half camp, a little scary. A lot of it aged really poorly. It's just kind of fun. (laughs) Great. In the morning. Anyway, I'm familiar with that mask. It's it's kind of in that show as well. It's a very scary mask. (laughs) In the morning, Sam is brushing his teeth with the toilet toothbrush. And they're going out. They're driving to the. Um, they're staying in the same hotel, but they're during the day. They're driving to the Grand Canyon, and of course, once again, the car. He's like, "Okay, what did you do with my hundred dollars? I had a hundred dollars in my wallet." And so he's like, "I didn't take it. I have my own money. Why would I take your hundred dollars? Right, we're together. What are? Yeah. We- <laughs> also, like you've been with me the whole time. Where would I have spent hundred dollars? And he's like, "Right." And he's like, "Well, it wouldn't be the first time you treated yourself." And it's like. Again, like, tension, normal tension, but you're also like, oh, boy. Like, Ooh. this is why road, road trips could take a left turn at any moment. And then you're stuck yes, with, they really in the can. car with someone. And they go to the Grand Canyon, and they're, you know, she, they're filming. And they sort of, like, shimmy through a crack in this cliff face, which I would never fucking do. No, no. I have no interest in that kind of exploring. And Stephanie, like, eventually she was like, I don't want to go to—I can't go closer to this. But Sam's like, no, I can. And so he goes to the edge, and then he kind of, like, ducks along the cliff face so she can no, no longer see him. So after a minute, she's like, did did you fall off the cliff? Did you? And there's this <laughs> moment of, like, where the fuck did he go? He comes back, and he's like, oh, there's just a lady talking on her cell phone out there, like, on, a, on the, like, the face of the cliff. And mm. they have, like, what seems like a nice time. You know, they we sort of see them as, like— they give their um, video camera to another tourist that kind of films them, like, on the cliff's edge, like, doing a peace sign. And they're back in their motel that night. They're planning their drive home. So, basically, they're like, okay, if this is our trip. We saw the Grand Canyon. Now we're going to head back. Sam is pitching. They drive a little out of their way to do a night in Vegas. They get gamble. It'll be fun. And Stephanie's like, sure. yeah, that sounds good to me. They both turn off the light, and they go to bed. And wouldn't you know what, Allison? In the middle of the night, Stephanie's camera turns on again. And films them sleeping. Unfortunately, this time, the person filming them just fucking stabs Sam straight in the throat. Blood spraying everywhere. He's, like, choking and gargling as he's, like, spitting a a geyser of blood. And in the bathroom, we see the killer washing her hands. And she pulls off her mask before kissing the person holding the camera, who is Stephanie. And the next thing we see is the killer and Stephanie driving out of town in the middle of the night. And the killer asks her, did you erase it? So I guess we're to assume that this okay. was Stephanie's lover, and they planned this. 
Yes. And to what To end? get him out of the picture. Right. But also, I was like, it's 2012. It was like, I just feel like, this is the 1800s. Like, if you don't want to be with your husband or whatever. Just divorce him. Leave him. What do we do? Listen. Okay, Lady Gaga did not spend years teaching people that you're born this way and that you could get legally gay married for you to have to kill. Right. So I think maybe is it like the her girlfriend or the killer, like, did she want, is this like part of like a thrill killing? Like, was it about the killing? Right. That to right. me, I guess, makes or, more sense. Uh, for when this was, yes, I think so too. Because also, like, also, why yeah. did she need to come to the door to ask for the ride? She didn't. I don't think she did. I don't know. <laughs> it's I think like you're a strange. Right. I mean, I guess then that, like, I mean, we needed to meet her. Or, I get it. But, like, it is a little strange that she would, like, do that. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be asking questions, Allison, why take the $100? Like, then it's like, right. well, you're just making your girlfriend have an awkward fight with this guy you know that you're both going to kill. Also, right. it's not like you took, like, oh, by $5,000. And it's like, okay, well, you killed him for the money right. or something. or Right, but 100 bucks. I mean, this doesn't go that far. <laughs> yeah, so I've decided, in my own mind okay. at least, that they're doing it for the, the thrill of the kill. That this is like, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're, she's, they're luring a man in and then killing him just for the, the sheer joy of it. Because otherwise, yeah, yeah I, it doesn't make a ton of sense, I don't think. No. <laughs> Allison, we are now back in the old man's house. And we see Rox's reaction to the, to the tape ending, and he says, what the fuck was that? Which I thought was very <laughs> funny. <laughs> Unfortunately, good. Allison, Rox does not notice that behind him, the recliner is now empty. The old oh. man's dead body is now gone. Oh, no. And in the basement, we see Gary and Zach. They're finally climbing up. They've got, like, a book bag full of tapes they're going to take. And Zach finally says, so by the way, what the fuck is even on the tape? Thank you for asking Thank you. the question. Thank you. Finally. Gary says, I don't know, like, probably some senator fucking his daughter that they're going to use for blackmail. Whatever it is, we're going to make copies of it because more copies mean more money. And again, it's sort of like, I, I guess. guess. Like, not, re- not necessarily, though. Right, like, if they're using it to blackmail them, it's like, then you're kind of, if you, what, are you going to release it? Are you going to blackmail them, too? Like, I feel like once you have too many right. blackmailers, like, the um, amount of money you can get depreciates. Am I wrong? Yes. Yes. I, I agree that, like, yes, that makes sense to me. All right. Which brings us to our next story. Tuesday, the 17th. Allison, here's the long line. Wendy is driving her three new friends up to the lake in the middle of the woods. It's something that she does every year. But unfortunately, a year ago, four people were brutally murdered in the woods, and no one ever caught the killer. Allison, guess the twist. Guess the twist. Is she the killer? That's my guess. Um, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm not going to reply to that. But okay. great. <laughs> my guess great, is she is the killer. Guess. Fabulous. All right. Wendy is driving her new friends, Joey, Samantha, and, of course, Spider, to her favorite place in the world. <laughs> Come on. The lake, which is deep in a nearby forest. And they're all, all under the impression, Wendy says, you know, I go over here. It's just, like, so nice to, like, be in the woods. It's, like, gorgeous. They stock up at where else? The last gas station before they, like, Obviously. you know, go out to the wilderness. And everyone's, like, kind of joking and, like, poking fun at Wendy because Wendy told the other girl, Samantha, oh, this is just going to be, like, a girl's trip. And she told mm-hmm. this kind of, the kind of the hunk, 
Joey, it would just be you and me going in the woods. And then everyone showed up to be like, oh, why would you just not invite all of us? You know, like, we didn't know, like, what a weird way to go about this. But they're like, that's fine. We're just going to go in the woods and, like, get high. And hopefully some of us will hook up, you know, out of, like, the eternal hope of that in any um, horror movie starring young people. Of course. And so they go out, and it's, like, beautiful, and they're walking through the woods. They're just being dumbasses. Like, Joey eats a bug, like, on camera is, like, a joke. And Spider and Joey trail behind the girls, and Spider's, like, obsessed with Samantha. And he's like, I know you think that Samantha's a blonde crack whore, which, again, it's not something you hear anymore. What? No. But Spider's really got a thing for Samantha, and it's her idea is, like, Joey, like, may or may not, you know, be interested in Wendy. And as they walk... Wendy asked Joey to film this low stone wall that they're walking past. And she said, you know, last time I was here, my friend fell over that wall when we were in the area. Allison, as Joey turns the camera to the wall, the camera glitches, and we see a woman's, like, bloody dead body propped up open mouth against the wall. But Joey doesn't see it. Like, on his end, he just sees a glitch. So we're sort of seeing this is what happened in the past. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. So we they find an eviscerated animal, and the Spider's like, ugh, pretending to like, lick it because he's gross. And the girls are like, that's he's disgusting. Spider. And they storm off. He's Spider. He's like the nerd. His name is Spider, yeah. you know. Um, they walk past a river, and Wendy stares into the water, and Joey's like filming her, and we see the camera glitch again, and there's a dead man's body floating with the spine exposed. So like the spine ripped huh. open. Very scary. And again, Joey can see, he's like, why is the camera acting crazy? The camera's glitching, but he cannot see, like, the horrible images. They walk on, and Wendy turns and tells Joey, you're all going to fucking die up here. And he's like, oh, what? What? Are you joking? And they finally get to the (laughs) lake. It's gorgeous. They start smoking weed. You know, Spider's like, no, I don't smoke. I don't really inhale. They all kind of talked him into smoking weed. And Spider tells him, like, I'm afraid of getting the fear, you know, where you get, like, paranoid and you get really freaked out. But they finally mm-hmm. convince him, like, just take a hit or two. Yeah. And while they're sitting there, Joey says, Wendy, what was that? What the fuck were you talking about when you said we're all going to die up here? And Wendy says, well, did you not hear about the murders up here last year? And Wendy tells them four people were killed. They never caught the killer. And Wendy says to them, the weird thing about it is, I don't even remember what he looked like. And they all stare at her. And then Wendy starts laughing uproariously. And she's like, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to freak you out. And they're like, fuck you. We're all too stoned for this. Like, that's not funny. Also, that's not funny. I hate that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, even if this wasn't going to go south on a minute here, you'd be like, okay, well, so Wendy sucks and we will not be hanging out with her anymore. Peace, bitch. Yes. That's not a a fun hang. Yeah, so Joey strips down, and I will say this, in this whole anthology, you see both wiener and boobs, a lot of butts. Oh, There's a lot more nudity, fun. but I feel like we're, we're pretty even-handed with it, so Joey strips down, leaps in the lake. And I feel like that also is, like, a very found footage thing. Like, it's yes. like, we can kind of get away with nudity more, because it's like, well, you know, this is private, and— yeah. yes. Yeah, and a lot of it's just, like, being, like, getting undressed. You know what I mean? Right. It's stuff where it's, like, you would do if you were only around your someone you're dating or your friends, like, in a casual way. Right, of course. So Joey jumps into the lake. It's freezing only to get dragged down under the water. Allison, he's fucking with them, too. And they're like, oh, you got us, Joey. You this crazy. This is not a fun crew. <laughs> Samantha and Spider, like, walk off to go pee behind a tree. 
And Samantha's like, are you trying to watch me, film me peeing? And Spider's like, yeah. It's like, this is why you don't get girls, Spider. Okay? (laughs) This is right here. But they're essentially like old friends from high school or they've known each other for a long time. And Samantha goes like, okay, I'm going to show you. Here's my latest cheer move I came up with it. Just as she goes to do her cheer move, there's a camera glitch and a figure sort of emerges in the screen and hurls a knife into Samantha's skull, killing her. What? Spider, of course, runs off, and he trips dropping the camera, and the camera sort of falls right next to him, and he's, like, knocked— uh, like, uh, the wind has been knocked out of him. He's laying on the, yeah. his back on the ground. And the glitching figure shows up, and just stabs him in the forehead over and over again. Stab- before- Getting stabbed in the head is such a, like— The worst. It's I'm gonna so say it's the worst. gruesome. Yeah, I think it's the worst. I think it's the worst place to get stabbed. Yeah, I would say, like, being set on fire, number one. Getting stabbed yes. in the head— Stabbed yeah. in the face— Stab in the face. Yeah, for sure. Just then we see Wendy wander up and find the video camera before returning to Joey, and she's filming him. And she's like, well, the other's already left. Do you want to fuck? And Joey, he's not a complete idiot, is like, wait, so why would they just leave their stuff? Like, what do you mean they left? Right, what do you mean left? And Wendy's like, well, didn't you hear me? Like, do you not want to have sex with me? He's like, yeah, I do, but like, what do you, where'd they go? What's like, they just, Yeah, why would they not say anything? And Joey, Joey finally, like, realizes... You were serious about the murders. Like, I remember now, like, reading that in the newspaper. You know, like, four people were killed by killed by some guy, and you said you were here. And Wendy says, yeah, that's right, and I came back. And Joey cuts her off. He's like, I get it, to move on. You know, it's like you want to get closure. I feel so bad your friends were killed. And Wendy yeah. says, no, no, you big dumb piece of meat. I brought you back because I needed bait. Bait? They never caught him, Joey. They never believed me how how he was everywhere, how he could be at two places at once. Allison, just then, the glitching figure shows up behind Joey and just fucking slits his throat. Jesus. And the figure keeps looks like what you're imagining, sort of the glitching, like you can't really focus on him. And Mm -hmm. it sort of has like a featureless red like mask or hood, so you can't see their face or anything. Or ostensibly they don't have a human face. I'm, I'm unclear. Also an option. Wendy runs and lures the killer to follow her, and he falls into a pit trap that she must have dug earlier. So the idea is, like, she came up here earlier alone and made all these yeah. traps. Why the killer right. wouldn't come get her, I unclear. Uh, yeah, right. Is it only groups? Like, you know, it's just very yes. confusing. Yes, I mean, that's, that's true. It could be, like, the cabin in the woods. Like, he needs to have, like, a certain number of people, a certain configuration. Sure. So he's chasing her. He was able to get out of the pit trap. And then he gets caught in a bear trap. And Wendy's filming this and screaming, why can't I film you? Because he keeps, like, glitching. like you. It's And I'm like, yeah. girl, because he's not a regular person. Yeah, get the You're fuck out of there. You're not dealing with a regular guy. Yeah. You know? And never try to confront a killer. We know this by now. We know But especially that. if they appear to be somehow supernatural or, like, video crazy. Right. You know? And it's, it's just a bad idea. To, and it's good that Wendy set these traps. However, she does not have a weapon on her. So I'm like, yes, you What's have even these the traps. What's the plan when you're finally face-to-face with them? Right. However, just about the time we're starting to think this as a viewer, Wendy realizes you came on here for nothing. Like, you're not getting out of this. Yeah. And she runs, and of course she trips, because you can't run through the woods. There's uh, branches everywhere. You're going to fall There's down. branches everywhere. And she records herself saying, if you find this tape, do not come here. Unfortunately, with that logic, whoever's fighting the tape is already there. But, you know, it's, she's yeah, trying guess, to yep. leave a message. Correct. Yes. 
And just then, she sees Joey, who is alive, like, bleeding from the throat, but, like, out of it, stagger past before, like, collapsing dead on the ground. And just then, the killer walks into view in a elaborate, like, spiked trap set up by Wendy flips up and sort of skewers this guy's body. So he's, like, vertical, stabbed, and you hear, like, gushing and mushing as he tried to, like, pull himself off. And he's like, she says, I beat you one-on-one, asshole. He's not dead, Wendy. Like, you cannot declare victory this soon. There is no victory over this guy. He's able to get out of the trap, and then he leaps on top of her, attacking her, and then grabs the camera and beats her to death with the camera before, you guessed it, Allison, disemboweling her and pulling out her her intestines like he's, like, making sausage. And the video ends with her, like, writhing and glitching on the ground. And according to Wikipedia, this suggests that she is becoming the glitch itself. Like, because like, yeah. everyone else just died. And she is right. sort of transforming. And it's like, boy, you really fucked up, Wendy. I'm sorry. Like, you yeah. played this. Not only are you murdered, but you're going to have to become one of these, whatever it is that lives thing? in the woods. Yeah. Well. I don't like it. Allison, we're back in the old man's house. The old okay. man's dead body is now back in the chair. Oh. And when you get up to go to the bathroom? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even if, wouldn't that be the worst? You're dead, but you still have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, look, we talk about pooping and peeing a lot, and I just can't. It's annoying that you would have to deal with that. And I just pray if we had to be some sort of old man VHS <laughs> zombie ghost, we wouldn't have yes. to deal with that. Yes. So uh, Gary and Zach return to the TV room, and they're like, now Brad and, and Rox are both gone, but the old guy's still there. Right. And they're like, where are they? Sure. And they're probably somewhere normal. We're not going to worry about them. And Gary tells Zach, you watch another video. I'm going to go look in the house and find the other guys. And so Zach sets us up with our next video. The video is called The Sick Thing That Happened to Emily When She Was Younger. Oh. Allison, a couple... Uh, every night talks on, well, I guess at the time it would have been Skype, but Zoom, FaceTime, yeah. you know, like they're, they chat every night. They're a long distance couple. They've known each other since literally elementary school. And they're like, now as they're both in grad school, they're, you know, they're in love. However, the woman is experiencing sounds and sensations mm. in her new mm. apartment that she believes suggests there is a ghost. Allison, would you like... To guess the twist. Guess the twist. I mean, I'm going to guess there is a ghost. <laughs> That's okay. But what's the twist? Okay, I'll give you um, that. Okay. That maybe it's like the ghost is somehow related to the boyfriend? Okay. Like his cousin like, or? Yeah. <laughs> like a brother-in-law? Oh um, my God, my brother-in-law. What's he doing haunting you? Um, I'll take it. The ghost is her boyfriend's <laughs> brother-in-law. Great. No notes. <laughs> That's my guess. Let us begin. So Emily is chatting with her long-distance boyfriend, James. And he's in med school in Michigan. I'm not exactly sure where she's supposed to be, but, like, not within driving distance of each other. Yeah. And But the idea is, like, he's going to come visit next week for his fall break, and they are going to be together once— he gets, like, placed into, like, a med school. Hopefully, you know, in the next couple of years, they'll be able to live. She'll be done with her program, and they will end up together. Mm-hmm. And so, in the meantime, they're doing FaceTimes, video chats, and everything's pieced together from them talking. 
And Emily is sort of scratching her arm, and she's like, there's a bump on my arm, and I'm afraid to, like, bruise my arm or something. And he's like, I can't really see it over the video, but, like, when I'm there next week, I'll give it a look, you know? And uh, she's complaining about, I guess, her day job, and she's like, someone called out of work, so I had to answer calls all night by myself, and... You know, she started joking. He's like, well, when you're a doctor, like, can you just support me so I don't have to work anymore? And he's like, well, I mean, if you want me to. Sorry. I'm sorry, I'm burping. <laughs> um, and he's like, well, you want me to. And so they're sort of like flirting or whatever. And because they are dating like distance, eventually Emily, you know, sort of starts to get topless. Yes. And, you know, they're just talking with her, her boobs out. Later, still on the same call, top back on. Emily is walking James through her new apartment, which is pretty nice for like a grad school apartment, you know? Yeah. Good for and she's just moved in and he's like, great, I'll be able to see you and your new apartment when I come next week. Allison, Emily shows him the hallway and tells him, and this is where I hear the footsteps. Oh. And James is like, okay, could it be like your upstairs neighbor was walking around and it just sounds right. like it's in your apartment? You know, like a, a, the logical explanation. Yes, yes. Looking for realistic things it can be. And Emily says, you know, when I heard it, it felt like it wasn't real, but also I know I was awake. It was like a very weird experience. Later that night, it's the dead of night, Emily calls James again, and it has him listen to the sounds of talking and mumbling out in the hallway. And James is like, well, don't open the fucking door. Like, if you think there are people right. out there. Of course she does. There's nothing there. Girl. James tells her, I'm sure you're not being haunted. There must be a reasonable explanation. It's some audio thing. You know what right. I mean? It's not ghosts. Emily then shares about their childhood. So basically, they were both military brats. They've known each other since they were kids. Their families were okay. stationed together. Then when she was 12, his father got stationed, transferred, and they moved to another um, base. And that was the year that Emily had her, quote, one of her big accidents and had to have surgery. And before that, she also was having this experience, like, as, like, a tween. James, of like course, a haunting? is very— yeah, and James is very okay. concerned, but I think his concern at this point is more like, are you having a psychotic break? Like, are is yes. this, you know— Again, are we, a more viable option. <laughs> yes, are we—you're you, clearly experiencing something. What it is 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 um, unclear. Allison, as Emily is talking, the her, like, um, Beth bedroom door is open to the hallway. The figure of a child runs into her room behind her and then runs back out, slamming the door. Mm, not The next not day— great. James is like, they're talking again. It's like, I don't know what it was. You know, maybe it was a breeze because he wasn't recording. And that's the first time where it's like, well, but James, you saw that it was a little kid. And now you're like, right. you know, I didn't really see it because it was behind her. She couldn't have seen it. Right. And that's when you're first time you're like, oh, is James maybe oh. not a reliable narrator? Ooh. And Emma's like, okay, well, next time it's we like, talk— And then the brother-in-law isn't even coming to play yet. <laughs> <laughs> My brother-in-law, who is a child, runs in— <laughs> And so Emily's like, well, could when I call you, could you just hit record so we just have it just in case? And Emily says, you know, I'm going to ask my landlord if a child died here. And James is like, well, I mean, I don't think he's going to be very upfront about that, you know? Meanwhile, also, like, imagine asking, like, it's like, oh, um, the faucet in the bathroom is leaking. Also, did a child die here? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, because they were playing with that faucet too much. They fucking broke my faucet. That's how I died. So Emily also keeps futzing with a lump in her arm. Like, she's, like, scratching her arm and, like, moving it around. And James like, leave it alone. I will be there next week. In the middle of the night, Allison, Emily calls him again. And she's like, I hear the sounds. And she grabs a pair of scissors. So at least she has a weapon. Yeah. 
and she goes in the hallway. She creeps to the living room. Suddenly, a glowing child appears, and Emily glowing. runs into her room. Of course, James isn't recording their call again. But she knows that there was something there. Like, she has yes. experienced it. And she's like, you just yes. stay up with me. And the next day, Emily's, like, more and more exhausted, you know. And Emily mm-hmm. calls James, and, you know, it's like, I call the landlord. He says, he, the landlord denies a child ever died at the building because it's always been student housing, which I'm like, yeah, I guess that would be a little more. He'd be able to keep track of, like, yeah, no, there's no kid who died here, you know. Allison, as she's talking to James, Emily is still futzing with a lump in her arm, but her arm's kind of off screen. And when he's like, are you still scratching at that? And she lifts her arm. There's a huge fucking hole in her arm. And she's rooting around with the scissors, like a big fucking gaping wound that she has cut in her arm to pull the lump out. And James is like, what the fuck are you doing? Stop. This is like when you did this to your leg seven years ago and you have a big scar. So this is something that, like, again, may have happened not simply as when she was a child, but seven years ago. It has happened repeatedly throughout her life. Yes. And so as James is begging her to stop, she gets out a barbecue fork and is, like, dig- about to dig around her arm. And he's like, please stop. Go wash it off and bandage it. I'm- I will be there in a matter of days. <laughs> and he tells her, Emily, I am concerned. I feel like you're starting to talk and act crazy. Like, if, I feel like things are kind of, yes. like, going off the rails here. And Emily's like, no, no, I'm fine. Washes it off. In the middle of the night, she calls them again. And she tells them, I want to talk to the ghost child, but I'm afraid if I see the ghost, I'll be too scared and run back to my room. So I'm going to close my eyes so I don't get too scared. And I'm going to carry my laptop and ask James to be her eyes as she goes to confront the ghost child. It's like, girl, don't do it. This, this is, a is bad not plan. the answer. Right. If you can't also, even look at move. a ghost, <laughs> yes, stay at a friend's house, stay at a shitty motel. So Emily's like holding her laptop out in front of her. James is like her eyes. The hallway, clear of ghosts. The bathroom, extremely ghost free. The living room, two black-eyed, glowing green children no, emerge. No, And Emily collapses to the ground. Allison, when she does, a door opens in the living room, and James emerges into the room. What? He goes over to Emily's body, and he starts cutting into her torso. What? And he reaches <laughs> in, and he pulls out a fetus, and he asks the children, are you telling me part of this thing is human? And the children are sort of communicating to him in like a mumbly, like they're not speaking English. They they need to enunciate. You can't hear, can't understand a goddamn thing they're saying. <laughs> and what? we hear James says, "Well, how many times? How many more times are you going to have to do this to her? I don't know if she could survive all this. She thinks that I'm in Michigan. And what about the tracking device in her arm? Does that have an expiration date? Now we're going to have to make this look like an accident again. I'm just going to have to break some bones." The next time we see Emily Chang with James, it's days later. She's all bruised up. Her arm is broken and in a sling. And it's been a bit of a time jump. So James has just returned to Michigan. So obviously we're to think he saw her fall. He saw her, what happened to her. He flew down and stayed with her in the hospital. Now she's home and he has returned. And he's like, she's like, I'm really sorry. Like, are your professors mad? And she's like, it's totally fine. Like, don't, do not worry about it. Yeah. Emily says, I went to go see Dr. Aberdeen, the doctor you recommended. Oh, well, and great. Of course. I know. Close that loop. <laughs> and the doctor diagnosed her with schizoaffective disorder, which is like schizophrenia with characteristics of bipolar disorder. And she's like, 
That explains why I thought I saw ghosts. It explains why I must have, I don't even remember running out into the street, but like I ended up with all these broken bones, you know, and, J- and James is like, you're seeing a doctor, you're on medication now, it's going to be okay, and I'm I'm never going to leave you, you know? And Emily's like, you deserve, with two, you, you deserve to be with somebody normal. Like, what if we want to have kids when we're older? And he says, you're the only person I've ever wanted to be with, so don't act like I have some choice in the matter, which is not the most ro- romantic way to phrase that, in my opinion. If somebody said that to me, I'd be like, uh, well, I do. Fuck off. Yeah, I like, do fuck like- off. Yeah. And Emily says, I don't know what I did to deserve someone like you. And James tells her, you know, go get some rest and I'll check in with you. Allison, as soon as they hang up, James calls, video calls another woman who also gets topless and also complains about having something in her arm. And she tells James, I miss you and I can't wait for you to come visit me. So sensibly, he has these relationships with all these different women who I guess we're to believe that this is sort of an alien um, uh, yeah. implantation scenario. Yes. And that he is monitoring them as part of the government or the alien or both, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Couldn't have guessed it. And then it turns out the alien was his brother-in-law. brother-in-law. If only. Back in the main house, Gary returns to the TV room to find both Zach and the old man's body gone. But he whirls around. Right when he hears someone running in the house, and he's like, Zach? You know, he's calling for the other guys. Allison, he finds Zach's decapitated body. And the old man who is up and about, the old man is some kind of VHS zombie now. And Gary, of course, freaks out, runs down the stairs and falls, only for the old man to descend on him and screaming with this, like, blood-red mouth, tear (sighs) into his body. And up in the TV room, the last video starts playing on its own. Oh, boy. Of so course. this one is called 103198. So, yeah, it's supposed to be like the late 90s. Okay. Yeah. So we are with a group, a new group of absolutely intolerable white 20-somethings. And Allison, they're going to a Halloween party. However, they mm-hmm. get mixed around. They're not really sure of the dress. So they show up at a house that may or may not be staged as a haunted house for Halloween. Okay. Allison, would you like to guess the twist? Guess the twist. I mean, I imagine the horrors inside the house will be real and they will think that it's Halloween. But a twist, I don't, like, maybe they all become part of it? Like, great. Like, Perfect. they get zombified and are now terrorizing each other? Love it. Absolutely love it. All right, people. We all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com, and this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. So we meet up with um, our new friend group, Matt, Tyler, Chad, and Paul, and they're going out for Halloween. I know. 
And they are dressed as a teddy bear. And the joke is that, like, Tyler is dressed like a teddy bear with a nanny cam. So he's filming. Yeah. And the you have to, like, find ways to establish <laughs> its found footage at some point. Exactly. Boy, they, I know. It's like the found footage um, genre, sub-genre really... It's like, boy, there was some of that moment where everyone's like, oh, every movie's going to be shot on Google Glass. And it's like, yeah. ain't nobody using oh. that shit anymore. Nope. Not a one person. Um, the other guys are the Unabomber, a pirate, and a Marine. And so as he's getting ready to leave, Tyler, you know, he's telling his roommate, like, come on. And he's like, no, like, are we a little too old for this shit? So his roommate stay, stay home, stays home. But the four guys are going to this bomb-ass house party way out in the middle of nowhere. And they do not know the area. They do not know the street name. And they're just going to drive and find him. And we see them right as they're about to arrive at what they think is a house. They have to stop at a train crossing. And they're like, oh, the girl's going to come out. They're like, yeah, but not till later. Like, it's, like, pretty early. But, you know, they get turned around. No one can remember the street name. Every street name starts with an M. Finally, they think they have found it. And they start, like, popping brewskis, you know, as they walk up to a very nice house that has no one inside. Like, but in, yes. that's, that's a red flag. That's not a party. Even for a normal party, if I showed up there, I'd be right. like, either be like, okay, maybe I got the day wrong or we got the address mixed up. You know, I wouldn't just right. be like, this is probably cool. But they're <laughs> thinking like, no, we're like very early, which is also funny to be like, we're so early to this party that, that no one is no here. There's no one here? <laughs> and the front door is locked, but they decide, we'll just go around the back and go in there. And the back door is open. And they walk inside. There's no one there, but there's a light blinking on and off. And they're immediately like, oh, it's like a haunted house. Like, this is supposed to be spooky. Like, look, there's a chair overturned. Like, that must have, there must have been a struggle. And they're like, oh, fun. We're going to have a great time here at this haunted house. And they start, like, walking to their first floor. And also, they do see a lot of scary stuff. So it kind of confirms I mean, their bias. So Tyler walks into a dining room, only see, like, the screaming face of, like, a female ghost slam against the window from the outside. And when he whips around, okay. the image of a long-haired female ghost with sort of her hair draped over her face, the ring style, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. slowly disappears from the stair landing. And from the other room, the other guys run in. They're, like, laughing and screaming. They're like, oh, my God, it was like people were reaching from the wall. Like, the, the effects here are crazy. They sure are. I, yeah, I bet. As they're sort of, like, giggling and looking around, Tyler tells them all to shut up, and they could hear from upstairs, like, thudding and voices. So they're like, oh, it's like, there's more stuff upstairs. So they sneak upstairs, and they're going through all the rooms. And if this was a haunted house, this is a very well-done, cool one. Mm -hmm. And Tyler's recording a bedroom, and in the mirror, he sees the long-haired ghost woman sitting in a chair. When he whips around, the actual chair is vacant. And they're like, wow, this is all crazy. And they're all, but they're having a great time. They can still Aren't hear they the voices. That no one else is there besides the ghosts. They also like um, weren't asked to sign a waiver. They haven't paid any money. There, yeah. is, there are no refreshments. There are no other cars. Like, there's a lot of things that in reality you'd be like, there's no line to get in. You know, like you're the only people who are here. No, there'd be a little more, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, infrastructure to the situation. Yes. Allison, they can still hear voices upstairs, meaning they're in the attic. And they finally find the door to the attic in the bathroom, and they creep up the stairs, and in the attic, they find, like, a circle of men chanting on a woman who is sort of, like, tied (sighs) by ropes to the ceiling. 
And it cool. sounds like they're doing an exorcism. And they're like, arise, O Lord, and cast him down. They're like shouting and thinking it's part of the haunted house and sort of like a, you know. Yeah. What's the one, that thing in New York where like. Sleep no more. Yeah, sort of a sleep no more. Like, oh my God, <laughs> we're we're in the show. The yes. guys all start chanting along like. Cast him down. Cast him down. Cast him down. And the circle of men whip around. And they're like, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. And the But this woman's now screaming like, help me, please. And one of the guys gets up and just slaps her across the face. So now the, the gang is like, uh, uh-oh. Uh, is this not a show? And they're, they keep saying like, we're here for the party. It's just like, dude, there's no party. I don't know what yeah, you think you're no telling party. us. So Allison, the entire house starts trembling, trembling and growling. And one by one, the men in the circle start grabbing their chest, like screaming and flying up to the rafters into the ceiling. And so our gang of four run down the stairs. And just when they're almost safe and out of the front door, they stop. And they can hear the woman screaming for them to please help her. And Tyler decides, no, we have to go back and help this woman. And sort of the moral of this movie, I guess, is if you're a bad dude, you're going to die. But also if you're a good dude, you're still going to die. Yeah. That's too so bad. Like, head but back also, upstairs. Don't go places. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. That's the real moral. Don't go. If, if you don't go places, things won't happen to you. And that is good because who wants to deal with this? <laughs> Not me. So they run upstairs, they untie the woman, and they kind of like, you know, haul her down the stairs just as arms start reaching from the walls. And as they run through the house, like, Shit's flying, chairs are flipping over, like things are flying around. There's like crows, a Corvid alert. I mean, there are crows and ravens flying between the rooms. Everyone's so many screaming. Corvins. The front door is not only locked, but like the window has disappeared out of the front door. Oh, that's so they're forced to go through the happen. basement and they're dragging this woman. Everyone's screaming. The whole building is shaking. There's like stone arms jutting out of the floor. But luckily, no. they're able to get her up out of the cellar door and get her to their car. And the woman's like, please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. And they get her in. They speed off to freedom. Or do they? No. They do not. They're fucking lost as hell. They're trying to look like a, a, an actual map. And they're <laughs> freaking out. They're like, is there a hospital around here? They're trying to like get the woman there because they don't know what's going on. Yeah, Suddenly nothing good. They, that's for sure. Suddenly they scream, what the hell is wrong with the car? And the car is stalled out right as they're crossing the train tracks, Allison. And they turn and they look, and the woman has disappeared from inside the car. And she's standing in front of the car. I sort of ravens swirl around her. And she turns and she, she walks away. And they all scream right as the train bears down on them. The end. Wow. Wow. So, Allison, I mean, this was a lot to remember. But yes. um, are there any fatal mistakes that leap out to you from any of the stories? As Wait, is being, that it? That's it. What was the tape? What, what were you looking for? We don't know. <laughs> we don't solve that? No. I'm so angry. <laughs> I guess the answer is there were too many haunted tapes to get through. So this was just a peek into some of them, and there's no real, like, answers to, like, who wanted the tape and why and what was on the tape. Well, Allison, I don't, think there, I don't think there was a tape. I think it was just a way to lure them to this house to get murdered by this old man zombie. I guess. I think it was, this was all a ruse. Do you think the old man was the one that called them? 
I guess so. I mean, he's dead, but he's up and about, so he probably yeah, he's has a doing. Phone. I mean, he could use a phone. Yeah, wow. and I, guess I mean, to eat them. I suppose. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think there is one videotape. I think they're all haunted or all cursed. Okay, and, I was waiting um, for kind of like a you know the ring style. Like, right. there's one that like ruins your life or whatever. But I guess these guys already have terrible lives, and then they died. So, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the real videotape was the videotape we're watching, I suppose. Yes, I guess that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Fatal mistakes. I mean... Fatal mistakes. Um, pers- Like, going to steal yeah. a tape with, like, no information <laughs> and no reason why this person knew who you were and, like, like not a- and not asking questions about it. Yeah, not getting, like, is it a different color? Is there a, a name on it? Like, will it be in this particular room? Like, Right. How did you find us? Who are you? <laughs> like, Yeah, like, who are, yeah, what, what is the what is on the tape? Also, yes. how much money are they making? You know, like, never say it. It's right. like, it better yeah. be, like, $100,000 or something, like, to yeah. be able to do this. Because not only yeah. are you paying for the break-in, sure, but to right. watch all the videos and intuit what video you want, that's right. insane. That is insane. Um, I feel like my biggest fatal mistake is in the um, segment Tuesday the 17th, which is where Wendy and the gang go mm. up to the woods. Wendy, she. why would you think, and this is these, this is an issue that occurs in many films, um, most recently the autopsy of Jane Doe. Yes. When you are dealing with the supernatural, you cannot presume that you understand everything that's going on. And it is right. absolute hubris to be like, I have figured out a way to go up against God, who even knows what's causing, or what allows something like this to exist. Not me. And as a result, I'm not going up to the woods and trying to fist fight it. No. By setting a bunch of traps. Absolutely not. And then finally, overall, Allison. Yes. Where would you place VHS on the spooky scale? A spooky scale. The general look of found footage is scary. So, like, it already is, like, an elevated kind of scary. And then, like, some of these were very gory. So I think I like, like, a six. Yeah, I feel like, for me, I've seen this um, numerous times. So the scare factor mm-hmm. is, of course, dulled over repeated yes. viewings. But I'm going to give it a seven because oh, I wow. think okay. it's genuinely very scary. A lot of scary moments. I love the gritty, grimy aesthetic of it. Mm-hmm. The only thing that makes it less scary to me is the fact that it's an anthology because to me it's just so fun. Like, I love, yeah. like, we're going to see, like, some, you know, a variety of creep show, little mini scares. I love yeah. it, and it's a really fun watch. But it's, to me, it definitely um, takes you out of it to keep jumping, or, or the seriousness of stories. it. yeah. Yes. So I would say a 10 in terms of, like, enjoying the film, a 7 mm-hmm. in terms of, spookiness but this is a spooky one i I think if you're not someone to watch horror movies i definitely would definitely don't watch this one yeah i don't think i can watch this unnerved yeah yeah all right guys well we hope you enjoyed this and please let us know any anthology or found footage um films or anthology films i mean we're gonna get to eventually because i feel like this worked um yeah (laughs) so so you know let's let's i don't know what else is out there but we'll find out absolutely and in the meantime guys please we have if to ask can, that you must. Tell your, tell your brother-in-law. Tell your brother-in-law. To keep it spooky. And avoid the noid. <laughs> to keep it spooky and avoid the noid. 
<laughs> Which is are two things that are hard to do at the same time. It is very the, true. I'm Googling the Noid. Is the Noid a man? The Noid's <laughs> the a noid, man. The Noid is male, I think. But I don't think it it's a man. Like, I think of the Noid. Oh, you're right. Here we go. The Noid is a physical manifestation of the challenges inherent in getting a piece delivered in 30 minutes or less. <laughs> oh, why did I think it was like a part of pizza that doesn't have cheese on it? I will say, Allison, I've never heard that before, but I, I, when you said it was such conviction, I'm like, wow, okay, I guess that. <laughs> I lived my whole life is. thinking that's what the Noid was. Also, he appears to be a man in a red skin tight rabbit eared bodysuit, <laughs> which does seem like a kink. And I'm like, I do not want to be a part of the Noid's kink. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. And there's another there's story about a, in 1989, a man named Kenneth Lamar Noid. A mentally oh, no. ill man who thought the ad campaign was a oh. personal attack on himself entered a Domino's restaurant armed with a gun and held two hostages for over five hours. What? <laughs> Luckily, nobody died. Oh, that's okay. good. So he lived. Phew. Okay. And as well as the hostages. And they lived. Okay, great. Noise. <laughs> oh, my God. And then he ended up in a mental institution. This is very sad. Guys, please oh, avoid a, the avoid noid. Avoid the noid. I... Um, and also keep it spooky. Keep it spooky in the meantime. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Oh.